You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the last Sunday of Epiphany, February 23, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here, if you wish. I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, I'm just shocked to see that you've all returned to your usual places. <laughs> what a surprise. Seriously, try shaking it up a little bit sometime. <laughs> you remember the first uh, experience you had of moving into a new home? The movers come and they set up a lot of major items like beds and dining room tables and living room furniture. But then unless you paid them a lot of extra money, they're gone. And what's left behind are boxes and boxes and boxes. Boxes of stuff that needs to be unpacked and stored. Items that need to be placed just so. And then boxes and boxes and boxes and reams and reams and reams of paper that need to be removed before everything can be just so. Can feel a little disoriented. And on top of that, you're in a new place. Even if the new place is sparkling and new, it's a little unfamiliar. Again, it can be a little disorienting. You feeling a little bit of that today? I I know I am. I mean, we've waited so long and worked so hard to uh, to get to this day. But let's be realistic. Many of us, including me, have been suffering from a little great hole fatigue for a while now. And it just seemed like this day would never get here. Yet, here it is. It's exciting, it's wonderful, it's brilliant even to be home. And for some, it might be a little disorienting, let's just say it. It's familiar, yet it's different. Our beautiful organ and our Christus Rex are here. The ribs of the ceiling that remind us that we are like passengers on Noah's Ark, safe in the midst of the world's chaos, that's all still here. And our beautiful stained glass windows 
have been cleaned and restored to their original beauty and they now rest safely in insulated window frames. Yet it's different. I mean, where are the old pews? Well, the surprise answer to that question is, they're on the walls. <laughs> That's right, the old pews, which hadn't been maintained since they were first installed in the 50s, were sent off to a fabricator and returned to us as wood paneling, which our resident artistic genius, Greg Murray, has shaped and hung so lovingly. Spend a moment at some point, if you haven't already, and look at the crosses which bind the panels at the joints. Greg made over 250 of those out of the old pew racks that held hymnals, prayer books, and visitor cards. I mean, it's just amazing. And more than one person has told me that seeing the old pews repurposed as this rich, warm paneling places them in mind of all the hands in prayer that have rested on these pews over the years and the elbows of the children uh, that rested on the, the backs of those pews. You know, they're all here. They're all here. Somebody, even at 8 o'clock this morning, somebody said whose children had gone to St. Thomas School many years ago. She said, I know they're still here. She could see them sitting, uh, sitting in this space. And, of course, there are differences. I mean, we've gained 12 new windows, six on either side of the transept back walls, which adds so much needed light. You know, how many people, how many people have said to me, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, Oh, we put in new windows? I thought they were always there. No, right? These were blank walls. And do you feel all the light that just pours in uh, through these new windows? And of course, we've pushed out the corners of the transepts. This is what architects call chamfered corners. And that adds a new spaciousness and expansiveness to the space. I mean, we can see each other in the transepts in the nave. What a concept. As the old pews have been replaced by new ones. They're configured differently so we can better see each other. And of course, the pews are a little different. You, we're all going to have to get used to these pews being a little different. Now, and if you look around and say to yourself, wait a minute, there don't seem to be as many pews as there used to be. Well, you'd be right. They're more on order and we're crossing our fingers that they'll get here by Easter. Now, to really, for the first time, you can actually see our beautiful rose window on the back wall. If you, if you can, just take, take a look back here. I mean, this is a stunning work of art. And it was really obscured in the past because there was a return air vent back there and three flags. And that's what drew your, your attention and, and really obstructed your view of this rose window. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and it's such a beautiful image of Jesus watching over us. And it just glows at night when the lights are on. I'm just, I, I can't tell you how uh, grateful I am uh, that, that, that uh, Greg and Mark uh, designed this, this uh, beautiful uh, surround for this uh, stunning work of art. And of course, we have a new altar, an altar platform, so beautifully designed and executed by Greg. The altar quotes the... It, it, one, Sometime when you see the altar cloth off, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. The altar quotes the Christus Rex, uh, and, the, and the platform quotes the altar. So these are really th three seamless works of art. Um, and the altar and the altar platform can be moved when we want to have different configurations for worship or concerts or other gatherings. 
I mean, elegance and reverence and flexibility are, the, are, are what, to me, define this, uh, this space. So we're just moving in, and there's more to be done. Um, in two weeks, we're going to, at, on Sunday, March the 8th, we're going to have a service uh, thanking and honoring our design professionals like uh, Mark Nelson and, and of course, uh, the, the inimitable Greg Murray. Uh, we're also going to be uh, inviting and recognizing our contractors, uh, the Gowdy Construction Company. Blaze Gowdy is the, the principal of Gowdy. Many of you know him. He lives here in Medina. I'll tell you something beautiful. Blaze has loved this project. I mean, he's loved it. And, ye and yesterday uh, afternoon, Blaze was out here with a power washer washing down all the, the, the sidewalks and, and the part of the, uh, the driveway that had been uh, occupied by the, the, you know, the trailers and all the construction equipment. I mean, here's the guy, he's the, he's the owner of the company, the president of the company, and he cares so much about this project and, and about how we would all uh, receive uh, the work that Gowdy has done that he was out there himself. He spent about four hours out here pressure washing this area. I mean, it's just, just extraordinary. I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, having Blaze and, and his team here on March the 8th uh, so we can thank them. And then, of course, on the 15th of March, I hope you'll all set this aside. Uh, Bishop Gregg will be here for a service of thanksgiving and rededication. We're, we're giving thanks for this new space, and we're rededicating ourselves uh, to, the, to the, the ministries that our baptismal covenant calls us to. So it's going to be a really exciting day uh, with Gregg. And... Um, and I'm also thinking about the choir. My gosh, we've missed you guys in this space, right? Welcome home. Do you see, have you, have you noticed the difference in the sound, too? It's so much warmer and richer. And the, the reason for that, I mean, one of the main reasons for that is the old masonry walls just absorb the sound. And here, this, this beautiful wood paneling, this, this, the sound is reflected back. There's a, a reverb, right? Yeah, and so, the, gosh, when, when I was listening to you all warm up and then heard the, uh, the, the opening hymn, I thought, hey, just how spectacular. So it's just a beautiful sound. Thank you, guys. So glad to see you back. Um, so, you know, we are just moving in. There's a lot more to be done. But today, let's just enjoy this moment. Knowing we're not finished yet, but knowing that we're in our new home, a home of warmth and light and great beauty, and a home it'll take some time getting used to. Now let's think about where we are in our liturgical calendar. This is the last Sunday in the season of Epiphany, and on this last Sunday in Epiphany, we always read the story of the Transfiguration. It's a familiar one. You know, lots of things happen on mountaintops in Scripture. We read about two of those events this morning. Moses receives the law on Mount Sinai, and Jesus and his friends have a remarkable encounter with the divine presence on another mountain. Mountaintop experiences are profound. Uh, and, and you know, you can have mountaintop experiences not necessarily on a mountaintop. And I'll, I'll bet many of you know what I'm talking about. You know, you've been somewhere, done something, been in a space where suddenly you just felt the, uh, some, the divine presence. You felt a, a, a kind of a, a light, an expansiveness, a sense of the eternal. You know, that mountain, didn't you just want to hang on to that? Man, I know I do. Those, those occasions when I've had that, those kinds of beautiful experiences, I just want to hang on to them. 
And of course, that's what Peter wanted to do this morning. We hear Peter wanted to just stay put. He wanted to stay up on that mountaintop and just bask in that glory forever and ever. But Jesus says, can't do it. Can't do it. The next part of the story, Jesus and his friends come down the mountain and they get to work. We're, we're told that right after this, this uh, that they come down from the mountaintop, the very next thing Jesus and his disciples do uh, is to engage in, in healing, healing the sick. Now, I want you to take a look, if you would, please, at your, at, at your worship sheet. Look at this icon on your worship sheet. There's something here that's, that's a small detail, but it's very profound. If you look down here in the lower left corner, you'll see that Jesus is leading Peter, James, and John up the mountain. Well, that's not a surprise, right? You would expect Jesus to be in, in leader role. Well, he gets up to the mountain, of course, and then we see the, the, the transfiguration here. Uh, Jesus is shining in glory. And then, and then Peter says, hey, let's stay here and I'll, I'll build some shelter for you and Moses and Elijah. And Jesus says, no, 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 time to, time to go back down the mountain. And then look, look down here to the right. You see the very, there's been a very subtle change. Jesus isn't leading the disciples down the mountain. They're in front. Jesus is behind them. They're leading the way. Right? It's a beautiful detail, and in the, in the Orthodox tradition where this, this icon comes from, that's something that, that's well recognized, that, um, that after the transfiguration, Jesus sends the disciples uh, out into the world. Now, we spent a lot of time in the last three years getting, getting our campus in shape and restoring and renewing this beautiful worship space. And why are we doing that? We're not, we're not doing this just for, for uh, our comfort. I hope that we're doing this because we know that this place serves as a base camp for us as the people of God to go out into the world and serve. And so it's time now to turn our focus more broadly to the world around us. And in this, this world that, that seems to be descending into division and polarization and conflict, it's even more important that we begin to be outward facing and think about how it is that we're going to serve. And just as in the icon, Jesus is pointing the way, he's showing us the way, but he's asking us to lead. He's asking us, he's asking you and me, he's asking this St. Thomas community to take the initiative. So in the weeks to come, as we continue making ourselves at home here, let's not get too comfortable. Let's understand that this beautiful new house of worship isn't the end of the journey. No, this beautiful place is only the beginning. It's the starting place. Once again, it's the base camp for our outward-facing mission, our mission of service, our mission of creating loving relationships, and for God's sake, we need loving relationships in, in this, this uh, cultural environment we're living in right now. We're invited to uh, continue and deepen our mission of inviting, searching, hungry hearts to come join us here so that they might be fed just as we are being fed. You know, remember our icon. Jesus is encouraging us. Jesus is urging us forward. 
So let's listen to that call. Let's listen to that call as a community of faith, hope, and love. And then let's do everything that we can as a community to follow that call. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.